that you're worshiping with us in spite of the rain and the cold. Uh, you are here, speaking of cold, um, those of you who have been telling me the last few months that you had this cold, this virus thing that just wouldn't go away and you couldn't get rid of it, you finally gave it to me. So uh, thanks for sharing. You're like really generous. Appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about something uh, a little more exciting, uh, a little happier. Uh, as you know, if you're part of our church, every year at the end of the year, we do a special end-of-year offering, a Christmas offering uh, that goes uh, towards a project that we have that's outside of our budget and also allows us just to give a little more to our ministry partners around the area, around the world uh, that we partner with and uh, love their ministries. And so we did that again this year, end of 2022. <clears throat> and the, the goal outside of uh, supporting our ministry partners was that we would be able to move to our next renovation, which would be a children's space, a place where all of our kids could be in the same spot. It would be more secure. We could decorate it specifically for our kids. That would free up some room for our students to have their own space and then give us some more small group rooms for adults as well as kind of a hospitality space that we could use in a lot of different ways. And so the drawings in the hallway, most of you have taken a look at that. That's kind of where we're headed in 2023 is to make that happen. But we ask you to give, to pray. Uh, how would God lead you uh, to give towards this special offering? And you responded so faithfully and so generously that we wanted to show you the total from our 2022 Christmas offering is 146000 Yeah, wow, exactly. Unbelievable for our size church to respond in that way with such generosity. Uh, it is so great to be your pastor, and I, I love you. And uh, for those who, who gave large gifts or small gifts or medium gifts, or maybe you weren't able to give uh, this particular time, but you're a part of our family. Look, it takes all of us, and I am so grateful. Uh, for where we are, and uh, we'll be bringing you updates. We've, we've already started uh, resourcing some of our ministry partners. Uh, DFACs, we're, we're working with Walton County DFACs to renovate and upgrade their parent visitation rooms as well as the observation room uh, for those visitation rooms. And so we're going to be painting, we're going to be installing some audio devices that they need in those rooms and uh, furnishing those for them. DCR Media is helping out uh, with some of that as well. So that ball is already rolling and uh, we're going to be able to support more of our ministry partners in the coming weeks because of your gifts and get started uh, with our renovation. I also want to say thanks to those of you who came out yesterday and prayed with us. We are in 21 days of prayer. We're encouraging you to be prayerful during this season and just reinforcing that habit, that discipline, that love of talking to God every single day as we start uh, 2023. And on Saturdays at 8.30, we're meeting for a brief time of worship, a little bit of teaching, and then we're just praying all over this room, prayer requests or across the front. If you have prayer requests this morning, put it on that 21 days of prayer card that's in front of you in the seat pocket and bring it to the front at the end of our service today. We'll pray over those Saturday morning. We have stations that people pray around on Saturday morning. You have one more chance to be a part of it, and that's this coming Saturday, the 28th. So uh, we invite you to come out, pray with us. It lasts right at an hour, and then uh, you can go around 9.30 after we pray together. <clears throat> We've been in a series on prayer, a series called, What Do You Want? Jesus asked several people in his ministry, he, he said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, what do you want? I'm asking. 
Open question. What do you want me to, to do for you? So we've been exploring that question and, and what it means for us and its implications for us. And if I, if, if I could catch you up on where we've been, if I had to summarize the last two weeks, I would summarize it in this way. We, we've made the point that you can ask for what's on your heart when you pray. When Jesus says, what do you want? He means it. What's on your heart? You, you don't... You don't have to think through it. You, you don't have to kind of couch it in the right terms. You can just ask. And, and then the second thing, I would summarize it this way. Even if we ask imperfectly, Jesus graciously, graciously hears, responds, and at times redirects our, our request. None of us are perfect prayers. Right? We don't always pray exactly the right thing. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. That's one of the tensions. Am I praying in the right way? Should I pray for this? Uh, Jesus understands that about us. He's gracious and patient with us in that area. So if we'll just start asking like he did with the disciples, he'll redirect. He'll say, hey, let's start praying this way. Let's think of it this way. Here's another way of looking at it. Jesus gently, graciously guides our prayers as we're consistent to pray uh, uh, to, to him. We live in a time and we live in a world where we have to some in some audiences in some places we have to kind of be careful with our words maybe you've felt this uh you want to say the right thing you don't want to be misunderstood you don't want to offend anybody i'm not talking about you know jerks i'm not talking about terrible people who just say terrible things those people exist in our world too i'm talking about us you know if we were having a conversation with people maybe we didn't know well and we were talking about a sensitive subject we would want to be careful you know we we would want to kind of couch what we were saying and and maybe you've had the experience of you're talking about something words are coming out of your mouth and in the background like your mind is trying to stay ahead of what you're saying to kind of couch in the right terms and so you're doing this dance of i'm in the middle of talking and i'm thinking about what i'm saying and you're doing this back and forth there are times we need to do that here uh, in the earth we don't have to do that with god though we don't have to go back and forth we can just say what's on our heart and and if it's not perfect if it's not exactly right then god will help us with that like god will help us see that god god will help us change the way we pray so those are the big two big points you, you can ask for anything right and, and if you're off like if your prayer's not exactly right james says sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we asked for the wrong things with selfish motives that happens and 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 god will get us to the right place i want to come at this prayer issue and this what do you want issue from kind of the other perspective a, a, a different perspective because while we're told that uh, we can ask god for anything sometimes in life so, sometimes in our spiritual life life in general we get things we didn't ask for right? has that ever happened to you you got something that that you didn't ask for I, I used the illustration of what do you want for Christmas and what do you want for your birthday uh, last week ha, have you ever received something as a gift Christmas or birthday that you didn't ask somebody for like it wasn't on your side eyes all over the room when I say that yeah you didn't ask for it uh, but they got it for you anyway um, why let's direct this to wives anniversary gifts you you've given him exactly what you want and he takes some initiative 
and go and get something other than what you said you want. How are you with that? Right? Just show of hands, everybody. Show of hands. How many of you like it when you give a list, but somebody takes some initiative, they get creative, they think they know you, and so they go get something not on your list. It's a big surprise. How many of you like that? Like, that's me. Like, think for yourself. Okay, how many of you are, just stick to the list, please. There is, yeah, yeah, there's a reason I made the list, right? This is what I want. I don't want anything outside. It, it saves everybody from getting hurt, right? It doesn't have to be awkward that I have to pretend to like something you got me, right? Now, it, it probably depends on the track record of that person just a little bit. If they have proven themselves to be great gift givers without any direction, then you, you probably give them some room to do shopping. But if they are terrible at this, right? we all have family members who are terrible at gift giving. And so you make a list. You text them a list. You email them a list. You send the link to your Amazon list. And you want them just to stick to the list. Now, the problem is the terrible gift givers are the very ones who don't stick to the list, right? Like they don't take the hint for some reason. God is not a terrible gift giver, but he does go off the list sometimes. He goes off script sometimes. He hears our prayers. He wants our prayers. He delights in us asking for him. But God knows that there are some things you and I won't specifically ask for that He needs to give us anyway. You've experienced this in your life. You've had times where you thought, God, I didn't ask for this. God, I wasn't looking for this. God, I didn't want this. And yet, God gives that to you. And there are reasons and purposes that He does, but the reality is God sometimes gives us what we didn't ask for. God sometimes goes off script and off list. Let me give you a couple of examples. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus is the second book of the Bible. Um, it's the story of Moses and the Hebrew children leaving Egypt and making their way to the promised land. Uh, Moses uh, is born in a very difficult time. He's, he's adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, grows up in the palace, but as he gets older, he knows that the Egyptians aren't his people. The Hebrews are his people. And so one day he goes out to see his people, to see how the Hebrews are. And because they've been enslaved, he, he sees an Egyptian mistreating one of the Hebrew people, and he steps in to defend the Hebrew person and, and ends, it turns violent and Moses ends up killing the Egyptian has to has to flee has to run away long story he ends up tending sheep for 40 years for the guy who becomes his father-in-law just wandering in pastures and and caring for sheep and this is how Exodus chapter 3 begins now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. 
When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. One of the ways God's, God goes off script, off list, is that God gives us a calling even when we don't ask. God gives us a calling. God invites us into his kingdom work. We, we, we've said that God, God has a partnership when it comes to his work in, in, in the world. And God is inviting us into that work. And, and God will give us a calling. God will tap us on the shoulder. Moses did not ask for a burning bush. And all of those 40 years wandering and, uh, and uh, tending sheep, Moses did not ask God to give him a burning bush and a, and a message. Moses did not ask God to allow him to go to Pharaoh. He didn't want to go to Pharaoh. Moses never prayed, God, just let me confront Pharaoh. I got a couple of things I really want to say to him. I can handle this. Moses never prayed, let me lead our people out of bondage and slavery and, and over to the promised land. Never prayed any of that. And one day, God taps him on the shoulder and says, like, I have a calling for you. I have something that you're supposed to do. I need a messenger, and I'm choosing you. David never asked to be king. We don't have a single prayer of David's early life where David said, God, I think I could be king. I think I could do that. It looks like an easy job. I think I got the skills to do it. I, I, I think I'm brilliant. I could do that job. Just let me do that job. David never asked to be king. And one day, out of nowhere, Samuel, the, the priest, shows up at his house. He's in the sheep field, calls him in, says, you're going to be the king. David never prays for this. David never asked God that, that he would be allowed to bring stability and, and, and prosperity to the nation of Israel. That wasn't on his prayer list. David never prayed. God, let me fight a giant one day. Let me, let me fight this Philistine one day. God, just give me that opportunity. I'd love to do that. That was not in his daily prayer request, and yet God called him. Isaiah, Jeremiah, none of the prophets prayed to be prophets. Most of them didn't want to be prophets. Their prayer life didn't consist of, God, I want to I preach. I want to I tell everybody how you're not happy with them and, and what you want them to do and how your grace is coming for them. None of them prayed to be prophets. Esther did not pray to be queen. She had no desire. There was, there was nothing in her that wanted that position. Esther never said, God, let me go before the king. You weren't supposed to go before the king. God, let me go before the king and defend my people. That was not in her prayer life. Mary never said, God, I just want to be the mother of your son. Never. And an angel appears to her and says, you're, you're going to be the mother of God's son. Peter never prayed, God, let me start the church. I want to preach at Pentecost. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep praying this until it happens. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it into existence. None of that. He didn't see it coming. Paul never said, God, well, I want to grow up one day and I want to be a missionary to the Gentiles. I want to let the Gentiles know that you love them too. Share the gospel with the Gentiles. Never prayed for that. All of those people that we love and respect and we learn from their lives, God just shows up in their life one day and says, I got something for you to do. 
I've got something for you to do. I'm calling you into something. I'm, I'm bringing you out of something and into something new. I have something for you to do. Here's the thing you need to consider as we wrap up the series. What God may want to do in your life, it could be something you aren't even praying for right now. It's not on your radar right now. It's not an aspiration of yours right now. It's not a goal. You don't get up every day and say, God, I want to do that. It's fine to pray that prayer. It's fine to pray, God, I think I'm called to this. God, I think I want to do this. You just need to know that when we read the Bible, the callings that people experience typically didn't come from them asking for that calling. God just said, I need you, and I need you here. And God may do that for you. God may do that for you this year. Something you aren't even praying for right now, and God's going to ask you to step into it. And here's what you need to know about the callings on our life. Most people feel inadequate for the call God puts on their life. This is one of the reasons we don't pray for it. Because we don't see ourselves in that role. We don't think that we have the strengths, or we don't think we have the experience, or we don't think we have the platform. We don't think we have the skills or the ability for that. That's why we don't pray for it. Because we don't see ourselves there. But God sees us there. God sees that that's where we're supposed to serve, right? Moses' pushback immediately was, you got the wrong person. Like, I, I don't speak so good. Like, I get flustered. I get tongue-tied. If I start talking, it's going to be a mess. I'm not the right one. They don't like me in Egypt. I killed one of those guys, right? That, I'm not the right guy. This was immediately Moses' pushback. I'm inadequate. I can't do it. Paul said, look, I'm weak. I got this thorn in the flesh. I have a terrible past. All of these reasons why he might feel inadequate. Right? Esther's the same way. It's, it's not my place to go to the king. I, I, you're not supposed to go to the king. That's not, what I'm, that's not what anyone is supposed to do. Mary, her initial reaction was, why would you ask someone of such low estate? Right, That's the way we memorize it. Why would you have asked someone of such low estate, so unimportant, so insignificant? I'm not the right person for this. When God calls us to something, very often you and I feel inadequate to that calling. But that doesn't stop God's calling because God always prepares us when he calls us. He always empowers us. He always strengthens us. He's always with us. He gives us the words to say. He shows us how to get ready for what he has called us to do. Yes, we feel inadequate, but God is at work in us. God is calling us into obedience. God is calling us to follow him. Didn't pray for it. Didn't see it coming. Wasn't expecting to do this, but God, you're calling me into this. How do you, how do you begin to determine if that's happening in your life, that, that would probably take its own series. But, but I want to give you a couple of ways. You are probably not going to see a burning bush. An angel is probably not going to visit you. Uh, you're not going to be in a palace. Right? Those things aren't going to happen to you. But in your story, God has a way of getting your attention. In your life, God has a way of making you aware of where He wants to use you. Here's just two ways to get started. Number one, <clears throat> notice what's right in front of you. Notice what's right in front of you. Um, 
God calls people to other places, right, around the world to serve in other places. But he starts that with something that they see right in front of them, right? You, you, you don't have to go other places to serve. You don't have to go some far place. What's happening right in front of you? Just see the things, the people who are right in front of you, right? This, Moses, tin and sheep, bush, right in front of you. God says, this is what I want you to do. God calls us out of what is right in front of us. What is God putting in front of you again and again? What are you seeing again and again? What are you hearing again and again? It just keeps coming up. Like you and the neighbor, you keep ending up at the curb at the same time. A coworker keeps coming to you and sharing struggles that they're having. What is right in front of you? What is happening right in front of you? What are you seeing? That's what God does. He he has people across our paths again and again. He has brokenness cross our path again and again. He has hurt that we see in the world cross our paths again and again. What is right in front of you? Listen, don't just observe the world. Notice the world. The Bible says that Moses noticed the burning bush. He noticed it. He didn't just see it. He didn't just observe it. He noticed it. And if you think about Moses' encounter, he had to notice it over time. It takes time to see a burning bush and notice that it's not being consumed. Right? A burning bush is not all that significant. Maybe not even all that odd to Moses. Bush is going to burn up. Fire is going to go out. But then he sees it again. And it's still on fire. And there's still the same amount of bush there. And he goes back to what he's doing. And he sees it again. It's still on fire. There's still the same amount of bush there. Right? This took time. This, this took repeated noticing of what was happening. This is how God often works in our callings. You see it. And then you see it again. And then you see it again. And then you hear somebody talk about it. And then it comes up in a conversation. What are you noticing that is right in front of you? We have become more observers and less noticers. We see a lot of things. Because we're so connected electronically, digitally, because of the internet, because of social media, we can see everything that's happening in the world in just a few minutes, right? We can see all the greatest crises. We can see all of the problems by just scrolling through social media. We see a lot of things. We observe, yes, that is happening. God doesn't want us to just observe. He wants us to notice. He wants us to see this is a problem. Somebody needs to do something. Somebody has to step into this. Notice. Notice what's right in front of you. Second, second way we can sense our calling is notice what's happening inside of you as you notice what's right in front of you. What are those things that you keep seeing again and again and something happens on the inside of you when you see those? You see a particular type of brokenness and something inside of you shifts a little bit. You, you see a particular type of hurt, a problem, 
something that is lacking. And something happens on the inside. Compassion wells up. Maybe it's just for a split second at first. A sense of justice wells up. This is not right. Somebody needs to do something about what I'm seeing. That little thing that happens inside of you. And the more you see it, the more that happens. The more it comes across your path, the more you think somebody should. Because that's the moment God may be saying, you're somebody. And I keep showing you this because I want you to do something. I want you to step in. What, what happens when you hear stories from our foster families? Like, does anything happen inside of you? When we talk about foster care teams surrounding foster families, what, does, does anything happen in you? We talk about our, our partnership with defects and how we're trying to help them in a really, really hard job. Don't just, don't just see it. Notice it. Does anything happen inside of you? When you, when you hear what God's doing in Connections Homes and Four Winds and Path United, when you hear those stories, anything happen in you? Notice what's right in front of you. It may not be a mystery. You may not have to work hard to figure it out. It may be right in front of you. And then notice, does anything happen in your heart? When you, when you hear the concerns of that coworker, does anything happen in you? When you see the neighbor, you weren't praying for the neighbor, you weren't asking God to call you to the neighbor, but you keep seeing the neighbor, and then suddenly that neighbor keeps coming up in your mind. Notice what's right in front of you. Notice what happens inside of you. And that may be God saying, come on, you got to go. you got to move. you got to do so. I'm calling you. You're inadequate, but I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to open doors. I'm going to pave the way. you just got to walk. you got to say yes. you got to move. you got to stop observing and start noticing. you got to feel what God feels. In 2023, God may do that for us. God may do that for some of you. You're going to see it again and again. You're going to experience brokenness. You're going to see it in the world. And God's going to say, your job is not to see it. Your job is to step there. Your, your job is to show up there. You don't even know what you could do right now. But if you'll step in there, God will empower you. Next thought. Things that God gives us that aren't on our list. <clears throat> God allows us to experience struggles even if we don't ask. God allows us to experience struggles, challenges, difficult seasons, even if we don't ask because nobody ever asked for that, right? Nobody, nobody ever asked for that. You're not going to get up tomorrow morning and say, God, last week was way too easy. Like, can you give me something hard this week? Give me a challenge. Let everything fall apart. God, my life is just way too easy right now. Could you mess something up for me? Nobody ever prays that prayer. Nobody ever asks God for struggles. We ask God for easy life, right? We ask God we'll, we'll be happy. We're, we ask God to fix things. Nobody ever says, God, I need a really hard challenge. And yet... We all know that it is in the struggle and the challenge that we grow the most. We learn the most. We mature the most. We deepen the most. We become the person that God has called us to be, usually 
when we walk through the struggle. We learn about ourselves. God shows us things. We mature. We gain wisdom. Not in the easy, in the challenging. You're not going to put it on your list. It's not going to be on your prayer list tomorrow or next week or never. It's never going to be on your list. But God's going to say, you need this. Look, I'm not saying that God is responsible for all the bad things that happen to us. Like every bad thing is God. That's not what I'm saying. It's kind of a longer discussion. But God does walk us through challenges and struggles. Because he knows we need it. Remember the Old Testament story of Joseph? Joseph ends up second in command of all of Egypt. Runs the whole food industry saving his own people, the Hebrews, but also saving all of Egypt because of his wisdom. On the way to the palace, Joseph had to go through pits and prisons before he was ready to serve in the palace. Like Joseph had hard times. Joseph faced struggles. Joseph faced challenges so that he would be ready when God's calling came on his life. We're the same way. To be all that God intends for us to be means that sometimes we're going to walk through difficulties. We're going to walk through challenges. Otherwise, we're like our kids when we ask them what they want for dinner. When we ask our kids what they want for dinner, at best they're going to tell us chicken tenders and french fries. And some of them are going to just tell us Skittles. So Skittles and ice cream. And look, Skittles and ice cream are good. I love Skittles ice cream. I love chicken tenders and french fries. It's just that you can't grow to be who you're supposed to be on a diet of Skittles and ice cream. You just can't. And when we come to God, sometimes our prayers reflect Skittles and ice cream. God, I want this. God, I want this. And God knows, I got to give you something you didn't ask for to help you become the person that you're not yet. I've got to give you some struggle and trial. I've got to let some things come into your life so that your roots will deepen, so that you'll gain wisdom, so that you'll gain empathy. I've got to let you feel the weight of this world. You know, part of that that thing happening in us when we see brokenness is that brokenness has happened to us before. And so we recognize it in other people and our heart moves towards them. We've experienced some level of, uh, of tragedy, of, of brokenness, of, of trauma, of, uh, of hurt and pain. And so when we see it, we recognize it in somebody else and our heart moves there. You don't get that by reading books. Reading books can help. You don't even get that by talking to other people who have hurt and are broken. Like You, you learn a little bit from that, but you know as well as I do. You understand hurt because you've hurt. You understand loss when you've lost. You understand tragedy because you've walked through tragedy. You understand challenge and struggle because you have personally walked through challenge and struggle. It's the only way to ultimately learn. It's the only way to ultimately grow. And so God says, look, there's going to be challenge. There's going to be struggles. And you're never going to ask for it. But I'm going to allow it into your life to make you who I want you to be. Julie and I, in our parenting, we've we've been through a couple of books or video series with Kevin Lehman 
And uh, Kevin Lehman taught us the phrase, snow plowing the roads of life as a parent. I don't know if he came up with it, but he uses it a lot. He encourages parents when it comes to their kids, don't snow plow the roads of life for them. In other words, don't protect them from every consequence of their decisions. Not that you should be uninvolved. It's not that you don't care. It's just that as a parent, you realize, I can't be the buffer for my kids for every negative thing that might happen to them because that's how they're going to learn. And that's how they're going to grow. And they've got to understand how to walk through that. And they've, they've got to understand how to manage that. Right, whole other discussion. Some kids, not all kids, not a whole generation. So, some kids get to their 20s and they've never had to figure out the hard parts of life. And that's a tough time to learn it. So as parents, we know, look, you've got to handle this. You, you need to have that conversation. You, you, these are the consequences for what you decided. Now, l- let's talk about how we're going to do it differently next time we know that that weight has to fall sometimes in our kids life for them to grow you're the same way i'm the same way in order for us to grow we got to feel some tension sometimes we got to feel some struggle sometimes even though we will never ask for it now now fortunately struggle is not the only way we grow we grow from success that we do we learn from that Uh, We grow from good mentors and examples. I'm not saying struggle is the only way that we grow, but there is a particular type of growth that only happens when life is hard. It, It only happens when we have to endure. It only happens when we have to bear the weight of a season in our life. There's a particular type of growing and maturing that only happens in that season. One last thing. God sometimes gives us the gift of space. I don't mean that God is distant from us. I don't mean that in the sense of I'm going to give you some space, meaning I'm going to stay away from you for a little while. I mean it in the sense of God's not always in a hurry to do the next thing. God's not always fast-forwarding things. Sometimes God allows us to walk slowly through seasons of life. Uh, Moses, he's going to get a burning bush, but before he gets a burning bush, he's going to tend sheep for 40 years. Can you think of anything more boring than watching sheep for 40 years? Sheep don't tell jokes. They don't play board games. They don't do skits. They're not funny. 40 years. Why? God knew, Moses, you just need to be faithful where you are right now. You need to be consistent where you are right now. You need to be grounded where you are. Burning bush is coming. I got calling coming for you. There's going to be a next. Something exciting is coming. But right now, I need you to walk faithfully. David's anointed king. He doesn't move to the palace after that. He goes right back and tends sheep as well. Paul spends three years just learning from the Lord. Before he starts his ministry. He doesn't write a letter in that time period. He he, he doesn't preach a sermon during that time. He doesn't plant a church during that time period. God said, Paul, for now, I just need you to grow. I need you to learn. I need you to listen. I need you to be faithful. 
Yes, sometimes we're to move into God's calling, and sometimes God's saying, look, I need you to just stay and stick for a while. I need you to stop jumping from this thing to that thing, always off to something. I need you to just walk with me. I need you to be faithful with me. I need you to keep moving forward. Just, just keep walking with me. We, I, I think a lot of us, because of the fast nature of the world and, and, and the nature of the inter, Internet, we're a little addicted to next and bigger and better and faster and larger and what else we have this need to constantly be in forward motion and I feel that I'm kind of that way I'm wired kind of that way like I want to see things happen I want something new to happen I want to, I want to see something grow I want to see something be different I want to see something change but there are seasons in our life when the gift of God from us is I don't need you to look for something new I don't need you obsessed with bigger or better or faster or, or now. I just need you to walk faithful. I just need you to be consistent. I need you to stick and stay. I need you to walk with me. And, and look, I am well aware. I am well aware that some people get stuck in that place. That is the other extreme of this. Like some people are just, no, I'm just sticking and staying. I'm just, I'm just going to be consistent. And there's a burning bush, like burning bush all around. It's like an inferno around them. And God's saying, all right, now I need you to go somewhere. I realize that's the other end of this. But for some of us, we're, we're impatient with the work of God in our life. We want to fast forward what God is doing right now in our life. And God is not always rushing to the next thing. Sometimes God is saying, let's just keep going. Let's just stick with it. Let's don't quit. Let's don't bail out. Let's just keep moving. Let's just keep walking together. That's a gift of God we don't think to ask for. Because we're often praying for the next thing and the upcoming thing. And sometimes God's just saying, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just be faithful. Just be committed. Just stay there. Just stay, just stay and stick. I do not profess to have figured out prayer. And I'm not sure I ever will. But I know, and I'm settled with the fact that God wants me to tell him what's on my heart. And then when I, my prayer isn't perfect, God will, God will redirect it if I'll just keep talking to him. And then sometimes I have to accept that what God wants to give me is not on my list, but he is faithful and true. He is committed to his will in me more than I am. And I can walk with him even when I'm experiencing something that I didn't ask for and I didn't want and I'm not sure this is the best thing. God's doing all things for my good. And I'm going to walk with him. Here's, here's what I hope happens in 2023. I hope in my life, I hope in our church, I hope in your life, you get something that's not on your list. Because I promise you, your list is too small anyway. Because your perspective is too small. Your vision of the future is too small. You don't see enough. God does. And I pray out of his abundant, omnipotent vision for your life he gives you something you didn't ask for. 
that's going to cause amazing things in your life. God, I pray that you would help us to walk with you, especially in those times when life is not what we asked for and not what we expected, not what we prayed for, and we don't even understand it, God. Help us to receive it. Help us to walk in faith. Help us to be confident that you see us and you have us and you are with us. Whether that's a burning bush, whether that's I need to step out now. I need to move into this calling. Or whether that's a struggle that we're facing, knowing that you are deepening our faith and deepening our character, or whether it's just space, whether, whether we're in that season where we're going, God, what are you doing? God, where are you? I don't know. That even in that season, we would keep walking. We would stay committed. We would be faithful. We would follow you, even when we don't understand. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.